Land of California, on behalf of independent Chevron gas stations and standard stations throughout the West, invites you to Let George Do It. Another adventure of George Valentine. Personal notice. Danger is my stock and trade. If you're in trouble and need confidential help, call on me, George Valentine. Write full details. Dear Mr. Valentine, ten years now I work hard to be good American. Soon I get citizen papers, but maybe I don't get them. Maybe judge will say what I am doing is wrong. But just the same, I cannot keep quiet, because inside I am already American citizen. You got to help me. Because, because it, it is, is my whole life to be an American citizen. I live at 82 Barrow Street. I am yours, respectedly, Stepan Karowski. Well, I say that's a little on the pathetic side, Brooksy. Yes, but what can it be that he doesn't know is right or wrong? Oh, probably nothing at all. Chances are Stepan Karowski is just over-worried about getting his citizenship papers. Well, it's pretty clear they mean everything to him. Well, I know. Anyone who can write a letter like this, and I don't mean the grammar... Deserves a few minutes of another citizen's time. Well, Mr. Karowski, we got your letter. <laughs> I do not write so good. Well, you got across what you wanted to say, and that's all that matters. Oh, please sit down. Here, lady, sit, sit. Take this soft chair. Oh, thank you. I'm just bachelor, but I make good cup of tea. Almost like married missus. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. Don't bother, Mr. Karowski. Uh, in the letter, you said something was worrying you. Now, what seems to be the trouble? I saw what you put in the newspaper, but maybe I don't have enough money to pay you. Well, right? then it's my tough luck. Come on, let's have it. All right. I tell you the best I know. A couple of months ago, a man come to me say, Karavsky, you are an important man in this neighborhood. Oh, I'm sure you are. Yes. I'm the janitor, young lady. A pipe leaks, Karavsky. Husband beats up wife, Karavsky. Anything that goes around in the house, Karavsky. <laughs> okay, so you're a big man. Just like on the other side. I was mayor in the village. So people trust me. Like this man say. Yeah? He say, my company collects money from many people in this part of town. Every month, they will bring the money to you, and we will send somebody to get it from you. And you will get a few dollars, Karofsky. But money for what? The man didn't say. So I thought it was for furniture, radios, things like that. You know, people down here buy most time on stalling plans. Oh, you mean... Uh. <laughs> yeah. So people start coming with envelopes and the, the money inside. But they also look at me like they want to kill me. Some don't even talk to me in the streets no more. And that made you think something was wrong. That's why you got in touch with me, huh? No, Mr. Valentine. Something happened very bad, very bad. Mrs. Andello, I know her a long time. She said to me, this month I have no money. And she began to cry. I say, don't worry, you pay next month. Then what happened? Next day I find out Mrs. Andello, she go in kitchen and... Turn on the gas. Oh, oh, how dreadful. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe she had other troubles. No, no, this is why she killed herself. I know it. Maybe I'm helping break the law. Well, when this man comes around, why don't you just tell him you don't want to play anymore? They will just get somebody else to do the same thing. As good American, I cannot let that happen. But uh, that is where I'm stuck. Oh, I get it, Mr. Karonsky. If you go to the police, they'll find out you were mixed up in this. And I don't get my citizen papers. 
I, I try so hard to do everything right, so the judge is proud to make Karofsky citizen. But this is some kind of racket, George. Mr. Karofsky's on a spot. All right. Oh, it's a racket, sure enough, Brooksy. No collection agency would work this way. Say, when does this man come around the next time? The man only came first time. After that, it was young lady. She knows nothing either. She, she gives money to somebody else. Oh, sure, I know. And he gives it to somebody else. So nobody knows who's at the top. Okay, but when does this gal come around? She comes tomorrow, one o'clock. Only one good thing come from all this. What's that? Yeah? I meet fine woman. Soon we get married. Well, good for you. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean she pays off two each month and won't even tell you what it's all about? No, and that makes me even more worried. When I talk about it, she just look at me, say nothing. Anna make me promise to never ask her again. All right, let me have a name. I'll talk to her. Maybe she'll open up for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mrs. Anna Feder, a uh, widow lady. Uh, just around the corner over Baker's shop. All right, just sit tight. Uh, how can I thank you? Give it. Let's just say I'm trying to be as good a citizen as you, Mr. Karowski. I tell you nothing. Nothing. Mrs. Fate, what are you afraid of? You get out now. Go. Don't you see what this means to Mr. Karowski? We have to clear this thing up for his sake. Always the same thing. Stepan, the good citizen. He don't know what kind of trouble he is making. Now get out. Oh, but Mrs. Fader, will you listen? You... Golly, what did we get into, George? That woman's scared to death. Yeah, and I wonder how many more there are like her. Well, Brooksy, maybe we'll find out tomorrow when that girl makes her collections at Karofsky's. That's Miss Cover now. Always right on time. Okay, come on, Brooksy. Behind this curtain. And don't sneeze. Well, why'd you have to say that? Now I know I do. Just a minute. I'm coming, please. How are you, Mr. Karofsky? Fine, fine, Rayola. You look better today. Not so worried like always. What's the use of worrying? Have you got the envelopes? Yeah, they're right here. Good. I'll see you next month. Uh, Rayola, wait, please. Yes? Don't you know even a little bit who gets this money? And why? You look frightened like others. Worried. Frightened. Why do you keep saying things like that, Mr. Carves? Well, I... How many times must I tell you? I don't know any more about this than you do. Now, I don't care to know. But we might be doing something wrong. Is it wrong to make a little money when you need it? You know, I can't work much. Certainly delivering some envelopes, they can't hurt nobody. Well, I am sorry. So am I. Mr. Carves, it would be better for all of us if you don't ask questions. Much better. Goodbye. Goodbye, Viol. Well, that certainly didn't tell us very much. She's not as though she's in the same boat as Mrs. Fader. See what I mean, Mr. Valentine. Yeah, come on, Brooksy. Let's make sure we don't lose her. She's headed right for the Vondome apartments. Mm, pretty swank, huh? Pretty strange, too. Hey, wait a minute. She's going into the servants' entrance. And so are you. Find out where she's going, Brooksy. But how? Well, make believe you're a maid, hairdresser, anything. Get going. Just a minute. Going up. I'll wait for you any day, sister. I'll even bring my own lunch if I have to. Oh, you're cute. 
Oh, hello. You work for someone in this building, too? Sometimes. This is my first day on a new job, and I'm just a bundle. You're so right. I meant a bundle of nerves. Well, as I was saying, the first day you're always nervous. That's just natural, isn't it? I suppose so. But it wears off the second day, and that's natural, too, because uh, you see... What floor when you get a minute? Well, because being a personal man, you get to know your people personal, like, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Look, beautiful. We're almost to the penthouse where this lady wants to go. Well, imagine that. What could I have been doing passing my floor like that? Gabin. You're cute. George, Viola might be doing housework in the Armstrong penthouse and won't be down for hours yet. Yeah, well, I don't intend to wait for hours. Besides, it won't hurt to find out just who Maurice Armstrong is. And who are you going to be? Well, I'll think of something on the way up. I represent Mrs. Swenson's employment agency, and I'd like to speak to Mr. Armstrong about one of our clients. Why, Mr. Armstrong's secretary, is it important? He's busy at the Oh, moment. yes, yes, indeed, it's very important. It concerns Viola Cobra and some fees, which are very much past due. Miss Cobra? Yes. What's this about Viola? Who is this man, Miss Wilson? He's from an employment agency, Mr. Armstrong. It seems Viola... Owes us some money, and if I could talk to the young lady, I'm sure I could make her understand Mrs. Swenson doesn't run her business as a hobby. I see you understand I only had Miss Culver in now and then to do my special laundry. Oh, yes. You know, things I don't dare trust to the commercial establishment. Oh, of course. Uh, now, if I could see her for just a moment. Miss Wilson, will you ask Viola to come in? She left some time ago, Mr. Armstrong. Oh, but that's impossible. I was waiting outside the service entrance. Oh, well, she wasn't feeling very well, so I had the houseman take her down in Mr. Armstrong's private elevator. Oh, come now. How much does she owe you, sir? $19.80. Uh, but you understand, it isn't just the money. It's the principle of the thing, and... If I could have her address... Yeah, yeah, take this and forget about it. Oh, you're very kind, but I still have to make my report out for the Employment Agency's Credit Association, and it won't hurt the poor girl. No, no, just routine, you see. So if I can have that address... Very well, Miss Wilson. No, I believe I have it somewhere on my desk here. Oh, yes, here it is. Uh, 342 Morrow Street. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. 342 Morrow Street. <laughs> Sorry to inconvenience you folks, but you'd be surprised the things I have to do on my job. This is strange, Brooksy. You mean Viola's not being home? Yeah. If you were that sick, where would you head for? Home, if I could make it. Yeah, just what I mean, Angel. But it's no use hanging around. We'll get back here later. Oh, where are we bound for? Another blind alley? <laughs> oh, you're a pessimist, sweetheart. Blind alley? We made a lot of progress today. Hmm. We found out that one Maurice Armstrong is a big tub of lard who buys and sells rare books and has his dainties laundered by hand. Oh, I know how you feel, darling. We're going to talk to Mr. Karofsky some more. I mean, let him do the talking. He might say something which seems unimportant to him, but maybe just what we need to see some light in this case. door's unlocked. Yeah, wait, Angel. I'll put the light on. <gasps> George! Oh, they couldn't have done a better job if they used a bulldozer. Mr. Karowski! Mr. Karowski! Don't be naive, Brooksy. They didn't make rubble out of this place just for the exercise. No, they gave Karowski this little party and took the guest of honor with them. George! Huh? Oh, come here, look. Yeah, blood. Oh, they couldn't wait, could they? They started working him over right here. 
Oh, but he's such a little man. We're up against a racket that thrives on little people, Brooksy. But what kind of a racket? What do they do to scare people dumb? Well, we'll keep running up those blind alleys till we find out. We'll return to tonight's adventure of George Valentine in just a moment. Meanwhile, a word about preparing for your vacation. A friend of mine found he was robbed on his vacation by a handful of weak spark plugs and a dirty air cleaner. He discovered that dirty, cracked, or chipped plugs can't fire properly, that they can waste up to one gallon of gasoline in ten. He learned, too, that a dust-clogged air cleaner can waste as much gasoline as driving with your choke out. Before you start on your vacation, prevent gasoline robbery by doing this. Have your spark plugs inspected at an independent Chevron gas station or a standard station. If your present spark plugs have given you 10,000 miles of service, you may be money ahead by getting a new set of Atlas Champions. Atlas Champion spark plugs are precision made for accurate timing, full flash sparking, and trouble-free service. And don't forget to have that air cleaner serviced. It's a quick, inexpensive job. Get these two services at a standard station or independent Chevron gas station where they say and mean we'll take better care of your car. And now back to tonight's adventure of George Valentine. You meet a little man with one dream, to become an American citizen. You hear a fantastic story about being innocently involved in what looks like a vicious racket. And you find your client has been beaten and kidnapped. So you start swinging in all directions, like sending Claire down to headquarters to Lieutenant Riley. And you end up talking to that strange girl, Viola Cobert. You took a long time to get home after you left Mr. Armstrong's. Twas my day to work for him. Why well, I should tell you anything. Well, Viola, let's call it a rehearsal. Before you talk to the police. Oh. Okay. You know the information I want. There's... Nothing to tell. Once a month, I get that money from Mr. Grovsky. I hand it to a man who's always waiting at the entrance to Hanover Park. Now we're getting somewhere. What man? He's a different man every time. Oh, now that's pretty slick. They know what you look like, but you don't know them, huh? I'm not doing anything wrong. I need whatever money I can make. You see, I'm not well. I can't keep a steady job. Yeah. I take it you met this, uh, this, uh, Mr. Rex on the way home from the Vendôme. Yes. Viola, I think you're holding on to me. I don't tell you anymore. I don't tell anybody. I have reasons. What's that supposed to mean? Whatever you wanted to. They're not going to do to me what they did to Mr. Karovsky. Now, please leave me alone, please. Okay, Viola, okay. But here's my card, just in case you need a sympathetic ear. Please, I, I just need to be left alone. I'll be hearing from you. I'm sure of it. After I find somebody who will talk. going, Bennett? Besides pictures, the old man's place, Lieutenant, nothing. Ah. Well, see what you can find on the stairs going up to the street. Oh, I don't know what's keeping George, Lieutenant Riley. He said he... Come on, Mrs. No, Fader. No, I don't want to see it. No, no. Are you afraid it might make you talk, Mrs. Fader? Valentine, what's the devil? Lieutenant. Go on, go on, take a good look, Mrs. Fader. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And everything was always so nice. So nice. Oh, stay palm. Stay palm. And over here, Mrs. Fader. Here's something that's not so nice. Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. Stepan's blood. 
Where is he? What are they doing to him? If you want to find out, and if you love him, you'll loosen up. Now, who are you paying that money to every month, Mrs. Fader? All right. All right. I'll tell everything. Good. Forgive the dramatic interest, Lieutenant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, Mrs. Fader. Hey, you better sit down over here, Mrs. Fader. Heaven on earth. That's the American expression, isn't it? Yeah. To a foreigner like me, it's more than that. It's a real heaven on earth, this country. You can't blame me if I would do anything to stay here. What are you trying to say, Mrs. Fader? I, uh, I'm not a citizen. Well, neither is Mr. Karamsky yet. But I can never be one. I paid to get across the border. Oh. I have no right to be here. Oh. Well, that's pretty serious, Mrs. Fader. I know. And they know it. That's why they make me and the others pay. All my life I would have to pay, or they would tell on me. Uh-huh. Well, there's our racket, Lieutenant. Oh, it's hard to believe. Yeah, this is getting to be bigger than us, Valentine. It calls for a trip to the federal building. Yeah. Please. Please, you must find Stepan. I don't matter about me now. We'll do everything we can, madam. Well, you can carry the ball from here, Lieutenant. But I've still got a client named Stepan Karofsky. Roxy, I'm going to stay right here in this office all night till I think of something. So go on home, get some rest. I can't hear a word you're saying. Thanks, honey. Oh, darling, you mustn't blame yourself. Oh, it's just I keep thinking of that little guy. Pike gets a leak, Karofsky. Anything goes wrong, Karofsky. Oh, Brooksy, why don't I draw anything but blanks? Well, good evening. I see you've changed your mind. Yes, Mr. Valentine. Miss Cobra, this is Miss Brooks, my assistant. Hello. Don't make any difference now. I read the papers. Why are those people paying all that money? Oh, come now, Viola. You knew that all the time, didn't you? Yes, but I couldn't say nothing because I was just like all the others. Okay, okay. Now we both know. So what? The immigration people, they get me soon enough now. May as well tell you everything. Perhaps you can still find Mr. Karovsky before... What's uh, everything supposed to mean? I know who his man at the top. George. Go on, go on. I lied about meeting those different men in the park. I always brought the money... Directly to Maurice Armstrong. Why, that fat pig. It's bigger than you think, Mr. Valentine. He takes all he can get to smuggle people in the country and then blackmails them for the rest of their lives. Anybody's guessing how many other big cities he does the same thing. Uh-huh. Shall I call Lieutenant Riley, George? No, no, Brooksy. We'll pick him up on the way to the Von Dome. It's his party, but I want the pleasure of making Armstrong tell me what he's done with Karoski. Mr. Valentine, I... I'm afraid of what they do to me. You'll be okay, Viola. We'll drop you off at your place first. Lock yourself in and stay put till you hear from me. Now, come on, let's get going. That's the nice thing about police headquarters. You can always find a place to park. Mm. I feel so sorry for Viola, George. Mm. She looks so cowed, beaten. Always looking down, away from you. Well, she's been under a lot of pressure, Angel. She doesn't even care how she looks. Beautiful blonde hair is beginning to look like a wig. Isn't there anything that can be done for her? (laughs) Besides sending her to a beauty parlor? I don't know, Brooksy. It's not our job. 
Hey, put me through to Lieutenant Riley's office, will you, Hennessy? Sure thing, Valentine. Take it on that phone over there. Okay, thanks. This is George Valentine. Let me speak to the lieutenant. Out where? Say that again. Uh-huh. Found dead, huh? Okay, thanks. What is it, George? Another blind alley, Brooksy. Only this time there's a body at the end of it. Well, Valentine, there he is, sprawled over his desk, the gun still in his hand. No doubt about it, Armstrong killed himself. Yeah. After what you told me, my guess is he thought we were closing in on him. Well, there goes our last chance to find out what happened to Mr. Karofsky. I've, uh, I've got the boys going through this penthouse with a fine-tooth comb, but no records at all on this alien racket. Oh, they'll find something because Viola put a finger right on him. Who reported the suicide, Lieutenant? Well, the houseman came in to say goodnight and found him like this. I remember the name from what you told me yesterday, so I beat it right over. I just heard about Mr. Armstrong. Oh. Who are you? Louise Wilson, uh, Mr. Armstrong's secretary. I mean, I was. The girl on the switchboard called my apartment and told me what happened. Oh, I see. Well, uh, Miss Wilson, just what were your duties as Mr. Armstrong's secretary? Did you notice anything strange about his activities? No, he was a very well-known rare book dealer. Kept records of his transactions, cataloged the volumes. Went to dealers with him. Mm -hmm. I I did notice he was very nervous and irritable the last few days. Oh? How do you mean? I don't know. He acted as though he were afraid of something. Uh, Was there anything, Miss Wilson, to make you suspect that he might have been interested in something else besides old books? Well, to tell you the truth, Mr. Valentine, I've sometimes wondered about... Some of the people who came to see him, I mean. Huh? Oh, yeah? They were, they were practically all foreign-born. Of course, so many book dealers are. Well, okay. Now we'd better get a hold of that girl, Viola, so she can identify Armstrong before we take him down to the morgue. Oh, I'll pick her up, Lieutenant. Oh, I, I just thought of something else. Well, let's have it, Miss Wilson. About a week ago, Mr. Armstrong gave me a package to keep in my place. He told me if anything ever happened to him, to mail it to a certain address he gave me. Well, for the love of heaven, why didn't you think of that before? I could have it here in half hour. All right, all right. Get going, please. Yes, Lieutenant. Well, what's the matter, George? Why don't we get going for Viola? Hmm? Oh, <laughs> there's no hurry, Brooksy. What do you mean, there's no hurry? We want to get through here tonight. Well, that's been the trouble with me up to now, Lieutenant. I've been trying to cover too much ground too fast. But now, now I'm beginning to get a nice, clear picture of this whole deal. If you don't stop talking in riddles, I'll... See you in a little while, Lieutenant. And so, Miss Cobra, you absolutely identify this man as the one you delivered the money to. Yes, sir. Mr. Armstrong. Ah, mm-hmm. Well, that settles that. Now, uh, now you can run along. Oh, uh, just a minute, Viola. Yes, Mr. Valentine? Uh, remember the first time I met you in your room? You said you didn't want them to do to you what they did to Mr. Karofsky. Oh, yes. How did you know that anything had happened to Mr. Karofsky? Well, Miss Brooks uh... and I were the only ones who knew that. Well, you have... must have misunderstood what I say. Well, maybe I did at that. Valentine. Lieutenant, I wonder why Miss Wilson isn't back yet. She's been gone more than an hour. Would you have any ideas on that, Viola? Of course not. Why should I? Isn't it a safe bet to say that Miss Wilson could never get back here until you've gone? 
George, you're trying the lieutenant's patience and mine, too. There's yeah. another question you might be able to help me with, Viola. I... I, I don't understand. Miss Wilson only knew me as the man from Mrs. Swenson's employment agency. Now, why wasn't she surprised when she saw me here tonight? And why did she call me Mr. Valentine? Lieutenant, what does he say? I don't know. Remember, Brooksy, you remarked about Viola's hair? Hmm? What a pity it was that such a beautiful blonde locks were beginning to look like a wig. Well, that's what it is. No! What the you, devil? She's a brunette. And if you took a handkerchief and rubbed some of this theatrical makeup no! off like George, this... George, take your hands Underneath, of... you'll find Miss Wilson. So You're right. No. Oh, yes. And not Mr. Armstrong's secretary, his boss. Well, Valentine, this tops them all. And she's all yours, Riley, after she tells me where she's got Karofsky. Oh, uh, nurse, uh, may we see Mr. Karowski now? In a few minutes. If you will just sit here, I'll call you. Okay, thanks. Oh, still hard to believe. Hmm? What's that, Angel? The whole elaborate plan. Viola, I mean Miss Wilson, killing Armstrong and making it look like suicide. Well, think of what she had at stake. A nationwide racket, smuggling in aliens, then bleeding them for the rest of their lives. And the silence of the victims almost guaranteed. Until Karowski's conscience began to bother him. <laughs> she fooled me completely. So then she got rid of Armstrong, who was just a figurehead. Everybody think the trail ended there. And with all the records nice and safe, she could go right on under any other name. Mm-hmm. You can go in and see Mr. Karowski now. Okay, thanks. Let's go for some. Right. How do you feel, Mr. Karowski? Outside, not so good, Miss Brooks, but inside, beautiful. Thank you, Mr. Valentine. Thank me. Coming from a guy who took the beating you took? That's a laugh. We spoke to Lieutenant Riley, and you don't have a thing to worry about, Mr. Karowski. You've practically got your citizenship papers now. I I am very happy. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's another thing. Yes? Uh, You know, there are a lot of things a new American citizen can do. Uh, For instance, if it's all right with the judge... The moment he gets his papers, he can be married. Huh? And uh, if the lady isn't a citizen, she becomes one, too. That is, uh, after she spends a little time, say, in uh, Canada, Mexico. You mean Anna and me? Let me be the first to congratulate you, Mr. Carrasco. Oh, my, my, this is a wonderful country. Did you know that your car's worst wear can begin after you turn the ignition off? Experts say hidden rust inside cold cylinders causes as much as 80% of motor wear. Here's the way to beat that number one enemy hidden in your car's engine. Just make sure you use compounded RPM motor oil. The compounds in this premium quality oil act to prevent rusting of your engine parts. Where ordinary oils run off finely polished parts, RPM clings to the job, fights off rust when your car is standing cold and when it's running hot, too. No wonder RPM is the choice of Western motorists two to one over any other motor oil. 
Get this rust fighter tomorrow. Ask for RPM motor oil at any standard station or independent Chevron gas station where they say and mean we'll take better care of your car. Next week, when you tune our way for another adventure of George Valentine, you'll hear... Now, look, Thorpe, I don't like to return such a very pretty check, but I'm here to call it quits. You... Oh, now, listen, you're not that busy. You can at least turn around when I... What's the matter with him, George? Just a minute, Brooksy. Hey, you'd better go on outside. If he could turn around, it would be the neatest trick of the week. He's got a letter opener stuck in his chest. Tonight's adventure of George Valentine has been brought to you by Standard of California on behalf of independent Chevron gas stations and Standard stations throughout the West. Let George Do It stars Robert Bailey as George with Francis Robinson as Claire. Wally Mayer appears as Lieutenant Riley. Tonight's story was written by David Victor and Herbert Little Jr. and directed by Don Clark. Also heard in the cast were Betty Lou Gerson as Viola, Louis Van Ruten as Karowski, Yana Delos as Mrs. Fader, Alan Reed as Armstrong, and Harry Bartell as the elevator boy. The music is composed and conducted by Eddie Dunstetter. Your announcer, John Heaston. Listen again next week, same time, same station, to Let George Do It. This is the Mutual Don Lee Broadcasting System. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.